Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And Spurs are on their way to Wembley. Uh, Tottenham are through to the final of the Carabao Cup and the fourth round of the FA Cup after victories over Brentford and Marine. Meanwhile, Arsenal have uh, made a decent start to 2021, a 4-0 win over Big Sam's West Brom. Big Sam, the one who got away, and uh, are also in the fourth round of the FA Cup after beating Newcastle 2-0. Jason, we'll start with you and Arsenal as always. How do you feel about uh, your start to the new year? Uh, you can't ask her anything more, really. I mean, through the cup, doesn't matter how you get there. And a comprehensive win with a clean sheet against West Brom. So, yeah, all very good. And I think I think the bonus with everything is having a positive performance. And, you know, when you, when you see a, a really sexy goal in Tierney's kind of charge, drag back, cut in, wrong foot, curler, in the top corner, you know, you know, you're onto a good start. Um, and it was just the perfect performance and fans haven't seen that since there, I whisper the Wenger days. It, it was, it was just back to how we should be playing as Arsenal football club. And, and obviously the goals and the results have come from that. And I can't remember the last time I just sat back, relaxed, didn't worry about what the result would be because I knew we had it in the bag. Um, it was a really positive, um, and obviously, we knew coming out of that period, I mean, we thought if Chelsea and Brighton went wrong, that we'd lose a manager. Meanwhile, they've gone right. We've extended our, our winning streak into the new year. And um, in our favourite competition, we've, uh, we've secured a place in the next round. So delighted, I suppose. I think my attention, because it's so, coming so thick and fast now, my attention is just look forward. So, you know, Crystal Palace and, and uh, Newcastle at home again. Um back-to-back, and I think with our first teams playing on paper, we shouldn't have a problem, but you never know. Um, and I think it's just important we can we can get those games nailed down um, because then when we have United and Southampton at the end of the month, those are the games, you know, where you, you'd almost expect to not get a result. You know, it's very feasible that they could, they could do us on both fronts. Um, coupled with Wolves and Villa at the beginning of February, so with a FA Cup game in the middle. So it's going to be a busy time. And I think also we'll speak about it later, but the the worrying thing is kind of the reliance on certain players um, on a certain style working. And it's hard not to be apprehensive because we saw how bad it can get quite quickly at Arsenal. So... Um, there's that positive. There's that positivity, and it's just game by game at the moment. You know, we look at Crystal Palace. We know we can beat them on paper. We're on form. We're at the Emirates, so go and get the three points. And uh, I guess throwing it to you, um, you know that that uh, that game that was um, postponed kind of gave you maybe the whole team a rest and um, just a refresh. And it'd be interesting to see what the implications of, of are of that. Um, this mid midweek and I suppose, you know, very nice for you to get uh to get a little a little cup a little cup run under your belt. Um but unfortunately, you know, watching Man City, um I'm I'm afraid it's gonna be another second place for Spurs. And so how do you feel? I mean it must be nice to be through in the FA Cup because at least you'll have a second shot of trying to win a trophy. <laughs> yeah, I mean um 
obviously starting the year by getting into a cup final is probably one of the best ways you can start a year and City in the final. I mean, we beat them 2-0 earlier this season, beat them 2-0 last season, knocked them out of the Champions League. You know, we've been a bit of, um, we've kind of been City's kryptonite in recent years. So really, we should be going into it feeling pretty confident. Obviously, they're looking like they're getting their act together now. And obviously, they're a very different team to the one we played just a couple of months ago. And they could be a very different team in a few months' time. Obviously, the final not being till the 25th of April, it's hard to really predict what sort of state City will be in, what sort of state will be in but we they're a team that we've shown we're able to beat and Mourinho's shown in the past that he's able to get the better of Pep so you think we'd be going into it confident with an idea of how we can win the game and, and you'd hope that our players would have more motivation than the City players because obviously City have won that competition I think the past three or four years in a row whereas for our players they'll be going for their first major trophy together so you think with that mix of the motivation on top of the experience of having beat them, that that should give us a chance in that game. I mean, some people might say that United would have been the easier opponent in that final, but I actually think with the Mourinho factor and United probably wanting revenge on us for the 6-1, which was a much more humiliating defeat, obviously, than the the City 2-0, I actually think in, in some ways the United game would have been more difficult and that they would have been going for their first trophy under Solskjaer as well. So... I mean, it would have been difficult wherever it was between the two Manchester clubs. They're two of the hardest teams you could face in that match. But I think City, based on the way we play and based on our recent history, is actually the better match for us. Obviously, I take all of this back if come 25th of April, it's, you know, City 6, Tottenham 0, which could happen as well, City on their day. But you said about, you know, the FA Cup and us having a, a second shot at it. And you wonder whether now they've moved the final back to the 25th of April, where City's priorities might lie. Because um, as soon as we got to that final, I looked it up immediately and messaged you because I thought, I bet this final being pushed back will now screw us over in another competition. And lo and behold, I think four days after the Carabao Cup final is scheduled, it's the first legs of the Europa League semifinals. And the week before the final, it's the FA Cup semifinals. Now, Spurs probably will not get that far in all three of those competitions. It's very hard to fight on three fronts even if you've got a much bigger and better squad than we do but it's not completely unrealistic to think that we could get that far in each of those competitions particularly given how seriously Mourinho is taking them but at the same time City could be just as far in the Champions League just as far as in the FA Cup and if their recent form continues could be right in the thick of the title race so maybe City won't be prioritizing the Carabao Cup as much as they would do if the match was in February uh, which could work in our favour. On the flip side, if we do also have other priorities, it, it could also harm us. So it's so far away now, it's kind of hard to uh, really know how to think about it. But it gives us something to look forward to, not just uh, in terms of football in this season, but I suppose given everything that's going on in the world, it's something to hang on to having that cup final. And even if the league form fluctuates or if we get knocked out of other competitions, we've kind of got that. Carabao Cup final in the bank now to look forward to but hopefully we do have a few other few other plates spinning in either the FA Cup or the Europa League or even the Premier League so that it isn't all on that Carabao Cup final because as you say City is a big opponent and it wouldn't be surprising to lose that game however well we might play because of their quality so hopefully it's not our only shot at silverware but even if it is I'm feeling cautiously optimistic i don't know if you think that optimism is perhaps misplaced i mean 
listen, it's 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 what you can do to control your emotions at this at this moment in time. It's something to cling on to, and I'd be in the same position if I were you. I'd be excited. Um, and you never know. You're right on a, on a one-off day, but City love their finals. Um, their team is better than yours on paper and at their best, in my opinion. Um, but City have faltered at Wembley in, in recent history. I mean, they, you know, Arsenal managed to find a way. Boring Arsenal found a way at, at, the, at Wembley last year in the FA Cup. Um, I don't know. It's something about the fact that they've won it three years in a row. I mean, there's something about it. I don't know if it's a seriousness or... Or I don't know, but Spurs have been taking it serious this year as well, and I don't know. It'll be a fascinating match, I suppose, and and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be able to call it on the day because yeah, Spurs and Mourinho are capable of doing these one-offs um, out of nowhere, um, and City on their bad day are still pretty good and better than a lot of other teams. Um, yeah, I agree. It'll be really interesting to see when when you kind of get to the business end of the season because of all these postponed games because of the virus and the fact that they're trying to squeeze in the whole season quickly before the Euros as well. It's it's going to be interesting to see whether there are sacrifices made and and you know it's easy against Marine to say you're going to put out your your second and a half team, maybe even third team at points um, but when you're in semi final, wouldn't look good. So. And you don't want to burn out. That's when you're getting, you'll have injuries. It's part and parcel. I guess that's when you come back to making sure you have that squad depth and, and enough quality. And I guess that's why, you know, giving someone like Vinicius a run out and getting a hat trick and, and having that confidence waiting in the wings is great. Um, it'll just be interesting to see whether he, your manager, integrates players like that more so. So everyone is ready in case of the inevitable. You know, we know Harry Kane likes to take Super Bowl off. Um, and, and all that, all, all that jazz. Um, but yeah, I, I can't say I'm not slightly jealous. You know, I've, I've wanted us to win the League Cup purely out of the fact that we just don't win it. It's just not our thing. We, even though we were the kind of kings of young teams and we used to get quite far, we, we never seemed to get over that hurdle. And um, I guess if I was a neutral fan, I, I'd be egging on a, a newcomer. But unfortunately. Um, it's Tottenham, and, and I want you to lose uh, thoroughly, dramatically. Well, it's interesting what you said there about City, because I think I read that basically between them, City and Mourinho have won the past five or six Carabao Cups between them, because Mourinho won it with Chelsea. He actually beat Pochettino in the final, um, 2-0, and then he won it with Man United when he was there, and I think other than those two wins, the, the past few have all been City, so it's basically the the team that have won the most Carabao Cups versus the manager who, I mean, if he wins, he would become the, the manager who's won the most uh, League Cups, which knowing Mourinho and his ego is probably something he will be very keen to do to put his name in the record books, but as you said, City have kind of had a bit of a stranglehold on that competition recently, not dissimilar to what Arsenal have had in the FA Cup. So I'm hoping uh, Arsenal's FA Cup run will stop this year, but we've just seen the fourth and fifth round draws made. And based on the draw Arsenal have got, you must be feeling pretty confident that Arteta can maybe go for the uh, the FA Cup double win it two years on the trot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was looking at it closely and I think if you, you think it would be, unless there's some major cup sets, Southampton and then Wolves and both away and they're hard games. Um, 
Southampton on the form they are, you just don't know whether they fancy a cup run this year. So that'll be really hard if we don't put out our, our first team. Um, if we somehow get through that, again, Molyneux, Wolves, they're quick, um, great manager. I don't know. I don't think it's as easy as, you know, we've had years where we've had draws like Tottenham did in the um, in the League Cup, albeit that. Was it Liverpool you had early in the round? No. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Um, which managed to, to nick a penalty win out of that. Then a shootout win out of that. Um, I don't know. I'm not feeling as confident and almost... You know what I said when when we were when we looked like we were going out the other night when we just looked it just looked like Newcastle was going to nick a winner somewhere. I, I remember turning to my dad and saying, you know what, it almost doesn't matter, and that's I'd, I'd hate to think that's what I'd be like if I was a City fan. But we've won the FA Cup, it's done, and it, that doesn't save everything. But I, it kind of goes against my philosophy of the game's about winning and it's all about I'm a bit Spursy there. The game's about glory. Um, you know, it's all about lifting those trophies and those moments, and that's enjoyable. And I'll love it if we do. But really, you know, I want to see us go for that Europa League. I want to see us take it up a notch. And the FA Cup would be seen as parity. And and I don't know what you see as uh, if we don't win a trophy, what that is. Um, you know, I, I still don't think we're out of this uh, this league, not the league title, but certainly up there in the top six. Um, if we have a little run now. And, you know, I think the priority has got to be about building the club and not just on one on one trophy. And, you know, as bitter as it sounds, you just as an Arsenal fan, you just look at making sure your rivals don't win it as well. So what your your success or failure, however way you look at it, is is, is seen in a, in a in a nicer light um, compared to compared to the rest of them as well. So. You know, it's the FA Cup is nice, but it's it's not the focus. You know, the focus is getting up in that league, getting through Europe and uh, finding a way to win that Europa League, because I think it's time for us to go back into the Champions League as quickly as possible. So it seems like you're quite happy with everything that's going on on the pitch. But obviously, January is a time where there's a lot going on off the pitch as well, with the transfer window being open. Meza Ozil might be leaving finally, potentially, although it seems like he's... Um, getting more attention for his Twitter Q&As these days than his uh, footballing ability. Uh, how closely have you been following his uh, Twitter Q&As and uh, would you be happy to, to see him go this January? I've been following it too closely. And I don't, funny enough, I don't even follow him on uh, Twitter anymore. But it's, it, it seems to come up from different Arsenal fans. It kind of it all gets retweeted for a long time. And, you know, there's, there's so many snide comments in there about, you know, like this one here about your views on Emil Smith-Rowe. He made the difference as number 10. I'm really happy for him. He's showing that playing with a number 10 can make sense. It's really it's really not nice to the club. And it's really disrespectful. Um, and it's... Uh, what else did he say? It was a really interesting one. I've enjoyed my time, but after the break, things changed. And, and then he, he wrote his, his Gunners 1 to 11. And like there's only one player from this... There's like two players from this generation. He's put Kolasinac, who was rubbish because he's best mate. I just, it's just very frustrating. It's very frustrating to to have that noise. And I think they need to find a way to get rid of him, whether it's paying him off, because if you're going to not play him for six months, you might as well just give him the money now and get rid of the toxic energy, selling him, loaning him, whatever. Um, but, but in a way, I guess he's right. 
you know, working with a number 10 has changed our game. And, and Emil Smith-Rowe, whether it's Emil Smith-Rowe or just playing with a number 10 remains to be seen. He's a great player, but I'm not going to get carried away because, you know, these young players can come and go. He looks really good. He could be the real deal. But he hasn't got a large enough sample size to say, you know, this guy is the difference maker forever. I mean, amazing goal the other day against, um, what was it, uh, Newcastle in the Cup. Um, but again, you know, you've got Sacco, who's, who's really exciting. Martinelli, unfortunately, that injury um, could be serious. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all about that young talent. And there's a really fine balance now with this transfer window about do we go out and sign someone because we know that Laka could um, lose his form any minute. Aubameyang's not up to the races this year, in my opinion. You know, if Martinelli's injured, and Ketia and Balogun certainly aren't there yet. So I don't think Ketia ever will. So do you go and sign someone who's a bit versatile? Pepe's not playing well. Willian's not playing well. Do we go sign a winger slash forward who can do the biz? I don't think the funds are there and I don't think the market's there. Um... So it's really tricky. It's that balance between do you, as Wenger used to say, kill the youth? You know, if they bring in a number 10 in January, like Edu said we would, a creative player, what happens to Smith Rowe? He becomes second choice, third choice, even. And, you know, he might they might he might never get that momentum back. And that's a real worry. And and I don't really know what the answer is. But I guess the the best example is. Man City, you know, you just keep on bringing quality players, even though Phil Foden's ready. You know, there's always someone who can, who can compete, and that it means that he'll always raise his game if he's the real deal, which he has, because you have that quality. You need to fight, and maybe that is the answer at Arsenal. Um, and I thought that would be the case with Willian. I think it kind of is. You know, Saka we didn't feel was ready. We brought in Willian, but Saka's played him off the park. So finding a way to have that nice balance could be really helpful but when you start pitting young players against young players it becomes a survival of the fittest obviously and uh so it's I, I i don't know what the answer is i think there just needs to be a a bit of a fresh insight in terms of some of those younger players to be kicked out you know the ones like the willocks maybe the inketias nelson it's it's done chambers it's it's not it's not a thing anymore you know you've had chances it's time to let him go, in my opinion. Runnison, we don't need that keeper. We can get another one. Um, and ideally, you get rid of some of the Deadwood senior players. Clash Natural is a good start. Mustafi would be another one. Um, again, I would say Pepe or William, but I just think it's too soon. Um, yeah, I think things are going to change in the summer big time. I think it's just a bit, uh, as I've said previously, it's kind of about damage limitation. And I just hope there's a bit of a strategy now rather than a, Let's just do something weird and wacky in this transfer window to see if we can sneak Europa League win. It's it'll be really amazing, but it's not just about that. And I guess switching it to you as well, because you know we're we're reaching the halfway line of the uh, of the window, and it, it seems like the Spurs squad seem relatively fit. There seems to be a lot of different players on form and and kind of playing and rotating. So where where do you go? Where do you go from here? Do you, do you just keep on going and 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 find a way, or do you, do you think there still needs to be that change that we'd spoken about uh, last week? Well, I guess the the big question is still, um, as it has been for most of the season, is about Deli Ali and whether or not he's in 
Mourinho's plans and he was linked to PSG in the summer and with Pochettino now getting started at PSG those rumours have only intensified but it seems as if he's becoming more a part of the squad he played against Stoke in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals criticised I think quite unfairly by Mourinho afterwards Um, but he played against Marine played well was praised by Mourinho after the game of course you can't really read too much into it because of the level of the opposition but it seems like a match where he wouldn't have well I don't know maybe he would have still played him even if he was going but it seems like he's starting to reintegrate Delhi which I think there's all these rumors about Christian Eriksen possibly coming back and Delhi going to PSG and I think most Spurs fans myself included would rather keep Delhi and, and kind of bring him back particularly as you were saying earlier with the demands that they're going to be on the squad I mean we've basically not had Delhi playing for most of the season so if he can come back into the team fresh fit he you know he could be a big difference maker as we come towards the business end of the season and I think whether or not any, anything happens in January will depend on whether or not we sell or loan Delhi Alley because I think if, if he if he does go to PSG then I could see us going in seriously to bring in someone like Ericsson just to keep that kind of creativity in the squad, particularly given the injuries to Lo Celso and to Lamella, both of whom always seem to be injured. Um, but beyond that, I can't see too much happening. I think if anything does happen, it'll be like Arsenal, it'll be outgoings. But whether or not it's players who we'd want to see go, I mean, there's talk of Harry Winks potentially going to Valencia, which... I actually think La Liga would suit Harry Winks, but I'm not sure whether now is the best time to go and whether Valencia is necessarily the best fit. I know he's keen to play more to get into the squad for the Euros, but I think with the number of games we'll hopefully be playing in the Cups, he'll he'll still get plenty of game time. Um, But yeah, you look at Marine, and as I said, even though you can't read too much into it, you see Vinicius getting a hat-trick. Kane wasn't even in the squad. Uh, Son was an unused substitute. Bale only came on late. And we've got, you know, playing some of these youngsters, Alfie Devine becoming the youngest ever goal scorer, Harvey White, brilliant centre-back, uh, playing the uh, the full 90 minutes. Um, not Ben, not Ben. Not, not Ben White, as, as Jason thought before the match. Uh, even though, I mean, Ben White, though, if we signed him in January, I wouldn't mind that because centre-back has obviously been a, a problem position for us. But I think, yeah, our big business will be in the summer. And I think we do have a good enough squad to to see us through when you consider all of the players who weren't even involved against Marine, it kind of makes you realize how deep the squad is. I think it's just whether Mourinho trusts those fringe players in games that aren't against teams in the eighth tier, but hopefully with Wickham next in the FA cup with Wolfsburger in the Europa league, um, hopefully those players will get more opportunities and maybe he'll trust them more off the bench. I mean, we were talking during the three nil win over Leeds, which was, um, on what the 2nd of January and uh, we were saying you know, we were 3-0 up and he only brought on 3-0 up after about 55 minutes but he only brought Vinicius on with two minutes to go um, and you kind of think Mourinho's going to have to rotate a bit more and be willing to take Kane and Son off earlier if we're going to kind of get through to the end of the season particularly if we're going to get as far in the competitions as probably he wants to because I think that's been a maybe a flaw with Mourinho is that he's a bit loath to rotate and you know there was in the Europa League when we were already 1-0 up or 2-0 up in our last Europa League group game I think it was against Lask and he then he decided to bring on Kane and Son and you were kind of thinking okay I know you want to send a message and the mentality that 
people need to perform and we're out here to win every game. But at the same time, you don't want to risk unnecessary injuries. So I just hope Mourinho manages the squad effectively, because I think if he does, then we've got everything we need. But if he doesn't, then we might end up in a situation where we might look back at January and think, oh, maybe if we'd signed one or two players who are more first teamers who Mourinho trusts more, then maybe there would have been more rotation. Because it does seem like there's certain players in the squad who he'll only play kind of if he absolutely has to. But uh, no, I think, yeah, it's pretty settled at, at Spurs. But now I've said that, there'll probably be some deadline day drama swap deal with Delhi flying to Paris and Ericsson coming back to Spurs, which would be, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It would seem like a, a backward step for all involved, but I think that probably isn't going to happen. But clearly Ericsson's unhappy there and, and somebody could go in and get him if they wanted him. But it seems like nobody does or nobody can afford him at the moment, which is a, a sad state of affairs, really, when you think back to this time last year. It was only this time last year, wasn't it? He moved to Inter Milan and now one year later, he's already talk of him leaving, which... Mm, who knows, seems, maybe that'll be a cautionary tale to other Spurs players who think the grass is greener on the other side. Seems really unusual because I think watching that All or Nothing documentary, it seemed like he'd pretty much burned his bridges in terms of it was like, OK, thanks for your service, bye. Um, and I, But I guess I guess the circumstances have been awkward as well. You know, he spent, what, seven months in Italy not playing football because of COVID because it was so bad there and they were all stuck in their apartments. And I wonder whether that's sort of played an impact and, you know, that the implications of that and he hasn't really hit the form. And I get, I'm not sure whether when you're a little bit of an older, not, he's not an old footballer, but certainly as you're on, on the um, on the later start, stages of your career, you know, when you don't have that much momentum, it, it, start, it starts to catch up a little bit. And he wasn't playing very well at the end of his Spurs time either. It just seems like a strange sort of, you know, his relationship with Mourinho didn't seem like it was, you know, best they wouldn't seem like best buddies and mentors so i don't know if it, it feels like it feels like a bit of a bail you know another player who you don't really need on your roster um and i think i guess a note of caution although i have no experience as a fan seeing this but you know you have a bit of a dynamic that looks like it could it could do the biz this year and would you want to ruin it with some more problem players wouldn't it just be better to keep that harmony and make sure that you're really looking at you know, it's it's like bringing the band back together. And it's something I did on, you know, when I was playing FIFA, right? I'd I'd always sign like Wilshire and Nazri and Fabrias and Adi Bayor and put them on the bench so that they could win the league with us. Not even not even uh, play, but just so I could be like, yeah, the generation won it. Um, and put Wilshire as captain, and I've got a picture of him winning the Champions League on FIFA. It's very sad, I know, but it's it's you know, it, it feels a bit more like sentimental and to. To make another two sentimental transfers in one season uh, would seem a little bit irresponsible if, if 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 I'm being honest from my perspective. No, I, I think you're spot on there. I'm just uh, having nightmares now about the prospect of Jack Wilshere holding up the, the Champions League. That sounds like a horrific image. I, I can tell you that it won't ever happen. I can, <laughs> I can, I can, I'm not sure what I'd bet on it, but I think at this stage, he's not even getting a contract at Bournemouth, so... Um, a lot of people ask whether he'd come back to Arsenal, whether we'd want him. And I think if Mikel Arteta played with him and if he thought he was a good enough character around the dressing room or had the talent still, he would have been the first to sign him up. So I think that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Um, so I guess looking ahead to this week, we're recording this on a Monday. So Arsenal are playing Palace. Is that on Thursday night? 
Thursday night, yeah. So a nice little break, and it's it's probably um, a welcome one because you know we didn't expect to go to extra time. I didn't expect us to have to bring on all our superstars, even though they're all just young kids now. Um, so so a nice little rest, and I suppose you're you're excited now to have that that rearranged game. Yeah, so we're playing Fulham on on Wednesday, which obviously was originally meant to take place in between the Wolves and the Leeds game, and even though Mourinho made quite a show of being annoyed that it was postponed. Actually, when you look at how we played in the Leeds game, maybe it actually did us a bit of a favour. Um, but it makes sense for them to rearrange it. And I think it's something Premier League are going to have to do, be a bit more flexible because the number of games that are getting postponed, it's kind of unsustainable. Uh, maybe the league as a whole will be called off soon, the way things are going. But it makes sense to move it. And it's on paper an easier game, home at Fulham, rather than away at Aston Villa. So hopefully if we can win that, I think we've then got Sheffield United next, which, I mean, it would be very Spursy for us to be the first team to lose to Sheffield United this season. But on paper, you think Fulham and Sheffield United should be two wins before we then play Liverpool again. Um, and who knows what state they'll be in because they'll have played Man United by then. So depending on how things fall, it could even be an opportunity for us to go above them if we if we won't be already. But knowing us that that won't be the scenario but could be a kind of in a way a bit of a replay of the uh the liverpool game from a couple months back where it was a kind of top of the table clash or maybe united will be top by then if if they beat liverpool um so it's, it's been a pretty the way things have fallen with the fulham rearrangement as well you know leeds brentford marine now fulham and sheffield united it's kind of you know, no game is easy. Each one's kind of difficult in their own way, but it's given us a, a bit of a gentle start to the new year, which is probably what we needed given how we finished 2020, where we were starting to kind of go on a little bit of a downward spiral. And now we've got that little bit of momentum from the the cup final and the victory over Marine as well. Hopefully that's a bit of confidence back and we can start to uh, maybe mount another doomed title challenge again. You You were saying earlier, you think Arsenal can kind of go for the, top six now I mean the way the table is and how unpredictable things are are you even thinking top four could be within reach or are you kind of keeping your expectations low uh, I didn't want to say it with, for the fear of being laughed off the podcast <laughs> you know it's 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 not out the realms of possibility mathematically at all um, I think it I just don't know if the quality's there and I think the quality is or, or the kind of momentums with a lot of other teams Um You'd expect the quality at Chelsea to get going at some point again. City, obviously, phenomenal. Liverpool, Man United seem to be really coming together. And obviously, there are Spurs. And so, you know, and then you've got, you add into the mix the Everton, Southampton, Villa. I don't, I just, I don't think so. But, you know, it's worth having the dream. And if, as long as we're in that race mathematically, then I'll, I'll enjoy it while I can. Because I think it's a sign of the times as a fan that, while there's um, a lot to worry about in the world, it really does give us something to look forward to. And I just, we won't go into it because it it borders on political and uh, societal and economical about football continuing. Um, But, you know, it'll be a real shame if we, you know, there's already been half a season to lose that um, and have to not avoid it. It'll be a shame. Probably Probably more so for a lot of the clubs who have overachieved. Um, and I suppose you'd include Man United and Tottenham in that. Although I presume if things got called off, they wouldn't 
called off the League Cup final, although that would really make me laugh. <laughs> absolutely love that. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with Arsenal. Honestly, I, I, I think it's. I think it's just it's. I think there needs to be answers to questions about what went wrong and how we're going to make sure that it never gets that bad again. And if it does, what are the consequences? Because if that happens again in March and we just lose till the end of the season, we finish 14th around all the cups and not in Europe, then I do believe that with, I'm not sure if it's just a year left on his contract, they might think, "Mm, you know what? While it's not, too bad let's cut our losses so I don't think Martez is out of the woods um, and I don't think the young players we've got are the full answer but I believe they're the, all of that combined is definitely the solution for this short term um, but it, but it's it's with the gods essentially for, for the future and that's you know it's not what Arsenal fans want to hear it doesn't go with popular opinion but you don't go from Arteta out and everything needs to change and I'll get so everyone to oh look at how great we are we're going to be top four contenders after three games against apart from Chelsea you know poor opposition on paper and you know other teams have beaten Chelsea as well so it's, it's not it's actually not that groundbreaking it's just Arsenal decide to actually play football and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the acceptable or, or above and beyond that should be the minimum we should be expecting that West Brom performance against all against all teams, pretty much, except the big teams, obviously, like the cities. Um, you know, you want to expect that, and I guess, yeah, yeah, I was passing it on to you as well because, you know, you've been having great goal scoring form, but it seems like it kind of goes one of two ways at the moment for Spurs. You either have limp, limp across and get some mixed bag of results, or you absolutely go and thrash them. And I mean, uh, I, I guess it's a lot of positivity and you have kind of alluded to some moments of, you know, that apprehension of what might happen. But is there is there something in your mind that's still nagging at you about everything with Spurs? Apart, you know, take out that League Cup because I know it's, it's amazing in terms of, you know, a trophy, whatever it is. But in terms of that progression, is there something that's kind of, getting you up join, join me in my apprehension please <laughs> well i suppose there's always apprehension with Mourinho. obviously there's the kind of everlasting debate about the style of play and about how sustainable i suppose Mourinho just is as a as a person as a concept obviously we know he doesn't last too long at clubs and he kind of builds squads with the kind of remit of winning now and in the short term rather than necessarily building for the future and I suppose they'll always be the worry of Mourinho even if you have short-term success whether it's all going to kind of blow up in our faces and we'll be left with kind of aging disgruntled players and a bit of a toxic atmosphere but right now we're kind of in the, the honeymoon period of, of Mourinho so I'm just enjoying that while it lasts and hoping that maybe he is the the different man he claims to be and that you know, maybe he'll even be a, a Wenger Ferguson figure for Spurs who knows in the years to come he'll be leading uh, Alfie Devine and Harvey White and Japhet Tanganga to a, a Premier League title. I doubt it, but we can uh, we can dream at least. I, I think he's definitely still, um, there is still definitely that inconsistency, like you said. And I think uh, it's definitely not fully the team in Mourinho's image yet. I think he probably wants to change the centre-backs until it's kind of fully the team that he would like. 
Um, so I just hope that that kind of lingering inconsistency doesn't cost us either in terms of a top four finish or winning a, a trophy or whether even the kind of obsession to win a trophy means that we don't do as well as we could do in the league and maybe let kind of a, I was going to say once in a lifetime, but obviously there's 15, 16 with Leicester, but you kind of feel like there's a, you know, I already feel a sense of regret that we've kind of blown a title challenge because it really does feel like if we'd held on in some of those games, we could be like, you know, quite a few, you know, seven, eight points clear at the top. And so I just hope we don't look back at this season, even if it is successful, even if we do win a kind of Carabao Cup and finish top four and think actually there was a chance to do something bigger if only we'd maybe been that bit braver in the transfer market and got that sense back over the line, or if we'd just, you know, been that bit better um, because obviously COVID is affecting everything right now, but you know that the big clubs will, um, you know, the, the cities, Liverpool's, the United's, the Chelsea's, like you said, have that infrastructure and resources and squads in place. And if that all clicks into gear, it could make things very difficult again at the top of the table. But I guess for now, everything still seems possible in both a good way and a bad way. We don't know if the season's going to finish, but the way the season's going at the moment, if it does continue, it seems like it could be the most unpredictable season for, for years. We could have, you know, five teams in the title race, but probably most likely it will just be either City or Liverpool again. And uh, I'll be happy if Spurs finish top four. But uh, as I say, it's lucky for Spurs when the year ends in one. So hopefully this will be the year for Spurs. I mean, I have to say you've ruined my night's sleep tonight by just thinking about one of your average 15-year-olds lifting the Premier League trophy under Jose, pretending like he's loyal, like <laughs> I mean, it's like, that is, that is soul-destroying. That would be enough to get me my move abroad. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, you'll come away with that ir- image giving you nightmares, and I'm going to come away having nightmares about Jack Wilshere winning the Champions League, so I think we're we're even... It's live.